This is Late Night Council. Ask the pastor about as close to God as you're ever going to get. Uh, All right, so listen, why don't you give me a call when you want to start taking things a little more seriously? It's okay, this is really serious. John Council. Ask the pastor. That sounds better. Yeah, I know John Council. Ask the pastor. Ask the pastor. He may have the answer. Again, he may not. Late night council. Ask the pastor. He's got a direct line, folks. Okay, in case there was any doubt, you know, now you know, you know what what uh, version of late night council you're listening to tonight. But you may not have the phone numbers yet. 343-700-4390. That's 343-700-4390. It's the night when I tighten the screws on my pastor's helmet a little tighter. And anything we've been talking about for... Oh, the last 50 shows, tonight is our 51st show since going online. Or maybe we haven't talked about, you know, what you want to talk about. But however you want to bring it to the program, my reaction, my response, my answers are going to be from a biblical perspective, from a faith perspective, from a, you know what, we could probably even say from a Canadian heritage perspective. Because I know there's historical revisionists that are always trying to confuse young people, particularly in academia, to the spiritual roots of this country. But really, the heritage of Canada is very, very much based on the Christian faith. And you can't escape that if you're going to be honest. Now, if you want to be dishonest and deceptive and you have an agenda and you want to manipulate minds to go your way, you know, then of course you can ignore. But if you're going to be honest, I'm going to approach your your opinions and everything that you want to yak about tonight from a spiritual, from a biblical, from a Canadian Canadian heritage perspective. Never even, you know, used that take before, but I think I may start using it a little bit more. 343-700-4390. If you want to get in on this, I got I always got a ton of stuff to talk about. But like uh, most nights, you know, you want to take it another direction, feel free. That's what makes it exciting. That's what, you know... I love thinking on my feet. And I love seeing I love seeing the show evolve into something, you know, that maybe we never thought it was going to involve evolve into. 343-700-4390, that is the capital region number, Eastern Ontario, Western Quebec, 343-700-4390. If you're calling from Gore, Nova Scotia. If you're calling from Dibbletown, New York, Blue Ball, Ohio, or Stringtown, Oregon, one eight four four five six two four seven six six is the long distance number. That's one eight four four five six two four seven six six. JC at late night dot com is the email address. Gotta keep it under six lines. Or I'm not even gonna look at it. Okay. And you know what? I don't get as many emails as I did, you know, when I was on bland corporate radio. But it's getting close. We're getting there. So I can't really say, okay, I get a ton of emails during the breaks. Okay, I don't get a ton of emails, but I still like that rule. Less than six lines. Forces you to be concise. Forces you to be direct and to the point. Serves the show well. Less than six lines. JC at LateNightCouncil.com. And you can tweet at us at JWCouncil. Eric's already sent in an email here. Pope Francis has in the past stated that the Quran and the Holy Bible are the same. No, he hasn't, Eric. 
You're getting confused. He's never stated that, ever. Okay? So i got to correct you right off the top. Your facts are wrong. And he says that Jesus Christ, Jehovah, and Allah are the, are the name to describe the same God. No, he doesn't say that either. I believe Jesus and Jehovah are but, are but not Allah. What do you think, Pastor John? Well, I, I don't think he's on record as saying that Jesus is the same as Allah or Muhammad. He may have intimated in some way that Allah and God are the same. I personally don't believe that they are. Okay? And I know there's some Christians who believe that they're the same. I don't believe they are. And certainly Muhammad and, and, and Jesus Christ are poles apart. I mean, all, you know, they're so different. It's, you know, it's uh, in their makeup and their motivation and their leadership style and the things that they said. It's like, like polka dot and plaid. So I, I would say there's real stark differences. The only, the only, um, um, the only similarity, and maybe that'd be a good thing to talk about today. What are the similarities between Islam and Christianity? Well, they're both monotheistic. That means they both believe in one God. Now, um, Muslims and and uh, Jews sometimes have a difficulty with Christianity because of the concept of the Trinity. Well, even Christians have difficulty with the Trinity because the Bible teaches that there's Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, and yet they're, they're one. One God dwelling in three manifestations, three persons. And even I haven't gotten that figured out. And there's been thousands of books trying to explain it and using examples and using illustrations. And I've read a lot of them. And some of them are really good. And... Uh, but Christianity sees itself as, as worshiping one God. And that one God created mankind to be in relationship with him. God created mankind to, you know, to share all of eternity and heaven and earth with them. But you can't force somebody to love you, so, you know, he gave us free will. We rebelled. We were disobedient. And uh, sin took hold in the world, and the Bible teaches very clearly that God hates sin. In fact, throughout the Old Testament, even the New Testament, it says, you know, if you want to be in relationship with God, uh, there's got to be a hatred for sin. And he hates sin because of what it does to people. It degrades them. It dehumanizes them. It destroys lives. It destroys marriages. It destroys reputations. God hates sin because it does really, really dastardly things. In fact, he hates it so much. And he will not compromise with it in any way. He hates it so much he would rather shed his own blood in a very painful way to pay his own price for sin than compromise with it. And that's exactly what he did, taking on a human form. The form of Jesus Christ. And dying. That's the whole, you know, I'm I'm giving you the whole... uh, 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 I guess that uh, uh, the theological word is is, uh, uh, propitiation. You know, that he, he paid the price for our sin and makes it available. But he still can't force himself on anybody, so he makes it available to everybody. And knocks on our heart's door. In fact, has created, in Romans it says, he's created the entire world and the wonders of the world so that men's hearts would be open to the thought that maybe there's a creator behind this and maybe I can have a relationship with him. In a revelation it says that he, he knocks on our heart's door. Wanted to come in and wanted to share life. Jesus said, the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. But I have come that you might have life and have it to the full. So there's a stark contrast, okay, between Christianity and and, and Islam. 
both have a hatred for sin. Now, there's different, you know, definitions of sin in, the, you know, the two religions. And, uh, you know, we could talk about that tonight. Um, the Quran is the holiest book in Islam. The Hadith is a close second. It's kind of like the sayings in the life of Muhammad. In Christianity, there's, you know, in, in the branch I belong to, which would be the Protestant branch, the Bible is our authority. It's the holiest book. Nothing touches it. In the Roman Catholic side of Christianity, the Bible is the word of God. It's, you know, the holiest book that they have, but their church traditions are just as authoritative. They believe in the, in the, in the you know, the, the, uh, the authority and the sanctity of the church and the, the, you know, the leaders of the church. And there's various branches and there's very, various nuances and there's various branches of Islam as well. And uh, you could spend a lifetime, you know, trying to study the, the, the differences. And uh, uh, Christ said, though, and I think that's, it's the one that motivates me the most. And it's the one I, I honestly I have difficulty with because I, I know how much of a you know, snot I am. He said, love your enemies, bless those that curse you, pray for those that despitefully use you. And you can't get away from that, you know. I mean, yeah, there's, there's a place for defending the innocent. There's a place for standing up for morality and for what's right. But when it comes right down to it, you can't take a stand for anything unless you have genuine love for somebody. Love conquers all. And I'm not talking the sappy, you know, type of Hollywood love. Because love can be very, very protective. It's unfortunate in the, in the English language we only have one word for love. In the Greek language that the New Testament was written in, there are several words for love. And we've talked about a few of them. And I'm no Greek scholar, but I do have a bit of an understanding of the language. There's phileo love, which is where we get the word Philadelphia. It's brotherly love. Okay, Philadelphia is the city of brotherly love. Phileo love is like a, a love that you have for your brother, you know, camaraderie, you know. There's eros love, which is sexual attraction, you know. There is agape love, which many believe is, you know, the purest love that there is. That's God's love, the love that costs you something, love that stoops down and picks up and is not going to get any reward. That's agape love. There's all sorts of different types of, uh, you know, love. And, 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 And Christ said that, you know, God... It says in the New Testament, God is love. It didn't just say that he's love, that he loves. It says he is love. It's interesting that Jesus didn't say that he was just speaking the truth. He said that he was the truth. He didn't just show the way. He said that he was the way. He didn't create life. He said he is the life, the embodiment of all those things. Three four three seven hundred forty three ninety. Off to a bit of a theological start tonight on Ask the Pastor. That doesn't happen very often. But then again, that's the beauty of uh, talk radio. You get an email, email and it kind of takes it in another direction, you know? You get a call, it takes it in another direction. Now, the host is always ready to go, okay? The host is always ready to, you know, take it in a certain direction when there's no calls coming in because that's my responsibility. We can't have dead airspace, can we? So I'm all ready, all ready to fly. But I, I don't know about you, but I find it absolutely riveting and interesting and uh, spiritually and mentally stimulating on Wednesday nights. You know, when uh, I love hearing where people's heads and hearts are at, when they want to know, you know, and they want to know things that, 
uh, you know, that that uh, sometimes come out of left field, sometimes come from a, a source that where did that come from? But particularly on Wednesday night, uh, I don't mind at all. I think it's great. Three four three seven hundred forty three ninety. That's three four three seven hundred forty three ninety. If you follow me on Twitter, I was tweeting up a storm earlier today. I mean, really tweeting up a storm. And uh, I came across uh, an article in Christian Post uh, where the American College of Pediatricians have put out a statement on um, transgenderism in children. Now. They are labeled as a conservative group of pediatricians. Now, is, isn't it interesting that the hate that is out there for, uh, you know, uh, conservatism and particularly Christians, you know, uh, people don't even take seriously the fact that these are medical doctors, that these are pediatricians that work with kids all the time. They see that word conservative and they say right away, oh, oh yeah, well, we don't listen to them. We just turn them off because, I mean, we're one of those groups that, you know, you're allowed to direct hate at. You're allowed to bully. You're allowed to misrepresent, and nobody's going to criticize you. And, in fact, you're probably going to be applauded. Now, that sounds like I'm going political tonight, but I'm not, okay, because it's Ask the Pastor. I want to give you some very, very pertinent scriptures before I get into this whole article here and quote some of it to you. Because, boy, we're, uh, we're further up the, up the, we're further up the creek, uh, and I would say this creek is called Crap Creek, okay? I would say we're further up Crap Creek with this than, than the United States is. And uh, the article is, it comes out of the States, but uh, boy, we're grappling with this and dealing with this in Canada far and to a far greater degree than the States is. Second Corinthians eleven, 14, I'm giving you the reference so you know I'm not just, you know, uh, quoting things off the top of my head. I encourage you to look these things up if you've got a Bible. Second Corinthians eleven, fourteen and 15, that's the one that says where Satan masquerades as an angel of light. And then it says in verse 15, so you shouldn't be surprised that his servants also masquerade as angels of light. Now, what's an angel of light? Well, in a, in a figurative sense, an angel of light is already always somebody that's bringing enlightenment, somebody that's bringing you know like a, 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 a shining light in the darkness. Oh, this is new, you know, and it looks attractive. And if something is satanic and it's used for deceptive purpose, it's never going to reveal its its true. You know, colors. It's never going to come out in a stark way, and and there's not going to be a hint of anything even negative, because you have to remember that Jesus is the one that called the devil the father of lies. When he lies, he speaks his native language. Suffice to say, he is the greatest, slickest, and most convincing liar that creation has ever produced. Okay. So anything that is evil, anything that is, you know, uh, 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 engineered for the downfall of man and just to make life more miserable is usually going to be packaged as a wonderful, delightful thing that we really, really need. So that's a scriptural principle before I start getting into this article, okay? Now, Ephesians 5.11 is one that I haven't quoted often on Ask the Pastor, but boy, I'll tell you, it is probably one of the most powerful driving forces on the Wednesday night program. Ephesians 5.11. It says, Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. Hmm. Now, that may sound like a contradiction because there is a proverb that says, you know, love covers over a multitude of sins. And, you know, a brother covers over an, off- an offense. And that has to do with interpersonal relationships in that we forgive. Okay. And, and when we forgive, we can have a stronger relationship. But with fruitless deeds of darkness, it's not talking about relationships there. 
It's talking about evil that is always trying to destroy people, evil that is coming in insidious ways, in deceptive ways. And because, and, and, and really, when it comes to morality and when it comes to uh, what's going on in the world, I think that the, the purest and best light for the measuring stick is the Bible. And when I line things up with up the Bible says, and, and, and you know, there's a reason it's been the bedrock of Western civilization for 2,000 years. And we are living off the residuals and we are living off the benefits of a rock-solid morality that has, you know, stood the test of time and have been, has been central to the founding of both the United States and Canada to a great degree. So when something erodes that, when something threatens that, when something that, you know, hasn't been thought out and is being packaged up in a way that, oh, is bringing enlightenment, is going to make life better, you know, and I'm all for trying new things and, you know, being open-minded and open-hearted, but uh, I think you can be so open-minded that your brains fall out. And, you know, some of the things that we are passing off as being normal and is needed, I don't think they're normal and needed at all. At all. In fact, I think they're, I think they're uh, contributing to uh, what is going to turn into quite soon, uh, well, it's already happening, uh, uh, moral, spiritual, emotional, and social anarchy. And, and I think it's, it's uh, it, you know, people are talking about it, but they're not talking about it from a spiritual perspective and from a biblical perspective. I don't want to do that tonight. I already tweeted out the article. And uh, the title of the article is, No Scientific Basis for Children to Think They Are Transgender, Born in the Wrong Body, Pediatricians Say. Okay? I gave you a bit of the biblical perspective. When we get back, I want to uh, get a little more in-depth. And, of course, your calls. I don't want to talk about that tonight, Council. Well, then you call in and you talk about what you want to talk about. But if you don't, this is the direction I'm going for a little while. And i got a ton of other stuff. i got more stuff that I can fit into two hours tonight, as usual. And it's uh, it's going to be a good show. Three four three seven hundred forty three ninety one eight four four LNC is on one eight four four five six two four seven six six. We're right back after these important messages. Stay with us. Shawarma tastes like no one can. The garlic king. And he can do anything. Wears a crown, golden shoes, and a royal gown. The garlic king. So tasty. Man, this food is so good. Don't talk with your mouth full. I'm just talking about the king. And I can dig it. Discover why Really Lebanese is Ottawa's best shawarma. Really Lebanese, home of the garlic king. St. Joseph Boulevard beside Pizza Hut in Orleans. Garlic, I love it. Summertime is here. It's time to cool off with your friends at Menchie's Frozen Yogurt. We feature 12 flavors of frozen yogurt daily, with a choice of over 55 delicious toppings to choose from. The combinations are endless. Chill out with our new fresh yogurt fruit smoothies, or be the hero at your next backyard barbecue or birthday celebration when you serve up our exquisite frozen yogurt cake to your family and friends. Visit us at 80 George Street in the Byward Market and 3091 Strandherd Drive in Barhaven. Menchie's Frozen Yogurt. We make you smile. 
For 17 years, I've been taking my cars to Irwin's Automotion. 17 years ago, Irwin was renting space on the corner of Bank and Heron. His encyclopedic knowledge of all things mechanical and his no-bull honesty has resulted in his second move. He now operates a huge facility on Cleopatra, eight bays, and an expert staff that operate all in the same wavelength. Honesty, integrity, try to save the customers some money and headaches, but fix it right the first time. Irwin's Automotion, 34, Cleopatra. Tell them Council sent you. That'll make them smile. Welcome back to Ask the Pastor on Late Night Council. 343-700-4390. If you want to join the fray, the show, 343-700-4390. Don't just call in. you got to have something airworthy to say. 343-700-4390. 1-844-562-4766. That's 1-844-562-4766. That's the long distance line. And uh, I just quoted that scripture, uh, Ephesians 5.11, because it's kind of an introduction to this uh, 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 topic in this article I want to share with a, a little bit with you tonight. And uh, I, I tweeted it out there because I want you to read the whole thing. I don't have time to read the whole thing on the show. But Ephesians 5.11 says, Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. And, you know... I, I've made quite a thing of, uh, you know, the uh, Capital Region's Gay Pride Parade. Their marshal of it this year is a, is a, a, a 11-year-old boy who is, you know, uh, he wants to be a girl, and it's being celebrated. And we don't award, you know, uh, uh, driver's licenses to people in Ontario unless they're 16 because you, you've got to be mature to get behind the wheel of a car. You might kill somebody. Um, we don't allow people to vote in Ontario until they're 18 because that's you got to be mature you got to have your there's got to be some life experience there you got to know what you're doing that's an important task you know you can you can't go out and get all the booze you want even if you know you think you've got a right to it unless you're 19 years old because that requires maturity and yet in Ontario a decision that we encourage and we don't question and we enforce that is going to affect this young man's life more profoundly than voting, more profoundly than driving a car or, you know, the type of substances he wants to put in his body, far more profound. And yet we think this is right. And Justin Trudeau, Justin Trudeau is already trying to pass legislation that will disallow anybody to discourage or to criticize or to even offer counsel that goes against the politically correct morality that's being forced on young people through the education system, even if you criticize it. He wants to put you in jail for two years. Now, here's an opinion, and I haven't even got to the article yet, but I'm going to state an opinion. If you want to agree, you want to disagree, you know... Thank God, you know, they're not locking me up yet, but they do want to lock, it seems like they do want to lock up anybody that opposes, 
you know, politically correct established uh, uh, doctrines, freedom of speech is being eroded dramatically in Canada. And it's the, the pace has accelerated exponentially, you know, under Trudeau. I think confusing genders in children that are under, the, you know, the, uh, uh, that are underage, I think it's state-enforced child abuse. I really do. The education system that Kathleen Wynne has ramrodded through in Ontario particularly, and she is in direct partnership with Justin Trudeau on this. I think it's state-enforced child abuse. In fact, I'm going to take it even further because it's Wednesday night. It's Ask the Pastor. And if you want to requote me and call me a loony, I don't care, okay? Because the, the authority, you know, that, 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 that I base my opinions on, I trust far more than any loony tune politician that, uh, you know, a, a, a misguided electorate has uh, decided to put into office, okay? I think there's demonic deception involved in here as well. I think it's demonic deception of the kind that I quoted in 2 Corinthians 11, 14, 15. Satan masquerades as an angel of light. Don't be surprised if his servants masquerade as angels of light, offering, you know, some type of new enlightenment. Oh, we've been so in the dark on this. You've heard that terminology, haven't you? We're coming out of the dark ages. We're in an enlightened era. Well, anybody that really knows what the dark ages is all about and knows what deception and morality is and the difference between moral absolutes and, you know, this uh, culture that we have seemed to embrace relativism with no restrictions whatsoever. I think some warning flags have got to go up. Now, I want to get to the article. Because, okay, I mean, these people are pediatricians. I posted the article, and already I've got people on Facebook saying, oh, yeah, what do you expect? They're conservative pediatricians. Oh, yeah, well, what was I thinking? Of course, if they're conservative pediatricians, you can't take them seriously because they're conservative. And if they're, if they're, if they're pediatricians that have any type of faith to them, well, we just write them off right away. Because, you know, we're allowed to be bigoted and prejudiced against that group because that's a group that is not protected by so-called uh, skewered kangaroo court human rights in Canada and the United States. But the fact is these people are pediatricians have gone through probably 8 to 10 years of medical school. They're licensed. And they're pretty darn intelligent and they work with kids all the time. Now I'll give you a little of the article. There is no scientific basis for transgender individuals to believe that they are trapped in the wrong body. The American College of Pediatricians argued in a recently released report addressing gender dysphoria in children. Primarily authored by Dr. Michelle Cretella, Connecticut-based pediatrician, the report states that gender dysphoria is merely a psychological condition and suggests that about 80 to 95% of children who believe that they are boys and girls trapped in the wrong body will eventually grow up to accept the reality of their biological sex. Oh, the you know transgender and gay activists—they hate that word biological. Oh man, that just because that just flies in the face of all their theories and doctrines. That is, however, okay if the children are not given some kind of hormone intervention. In other words, they're going to grow out of it and they're going to accept the reality of their biological sex unless the children are given some kind of hormone intervention, treatment, and conditioned to believe that there truly is something physically wrong with them. In other words, if you leave it on its own, they will, as the pediatrician just said, they're going to grow out of it. Oh, but, you know, that's, that's, that's not what the authorities want. 
Earlier this year, the ACP, that's the American College of Pediatricians, released a statement contending that the act of conditioning children into believing that a lifetime of chemical and surgical impersonation of the... I love that term. Surgical impersonation of the opposite sex is normal and healthful. Is child abuse, is what they're saying. They've labeled it child abuse. Not me. I'm not the first one to use that, okay? As there are now 40 gender clinics in the United States that promote the use of pubertal Pubertal, okay, that's before puberty. Pubertal suppression and cross-sex hormones for transgender children. The college calls for an end of such conditioning and harming of children's biological bodies. And yet, if these guys, if these guys were in Canada suggesting this, Trudeau would want them locked up for two years. Because you can't even criticize. Even if you're a medical doctor. The article continues. There's no evidence that people are born with brain microstructures that are forever unalterable. But there is significant evidence that experience changes brain microstructure, the report states. Therefore, if and when valid transgender brain differences are identified, these will likely be the result of transgender behavior rather than its cause. More importantly, however, is the fact that the brains of all male infants are masculinized masculinized prenatally by their own endogenous testosterone, which is secreted from the testes beginning at approximately eight weeks gestation, the report adds. Female infants, of course, lack testes and therefore do not have their brains masculinized by endogenous testosterone. For this reason, barring one of the rare disorders of sexual development, boys are not born with feminized brains and girls are not born with masculinized brains. Peter Sprague, Senior Fellow for Policy Studies at the Family Research Council in Washington, said, essentially, society is being forced. Okay, remember I mentioned bullying last night on this topic? Society is being forced to affirm a clear, physical, biological falsehood. Got a lot more to say about this. But going to take a break, because that's what we do at this time here. And we want to stick to protocol here. We want to stick to, you know, doing things right. I'm not going anywhere. You can grab a line, and we'll be right back after this. This is so much better than a news break, and most news breaks, all they have is bad news anyway. Well, you're going to hear some good news. Just stay right where you are. But you get a line while I'm catching my breath. 343-700-4390 in eastern Ontario, western Quebec, or 1-844-562-4766. That's 1-844-LNC-IS-ON. You can email me, jc at latenightcouncil.com. Keep it under six lines, and you can tweet at us at jwcouncil. Don't sweat it. I know I gave you those numbers pretty quick. I'm going to give them up before this break is over. Unfiltered, unfettered, uncensored. I have one program director now. God. I don't always follow through on my instructions, right? But he makes it pretty clear what he wants. What do you want? What do you like? What ticks you off? I want to hear from you. Listener feedback means a lot, almost means as much as what the program director wants. And don't forget you can download all our shows for podcasts anytime. TuneIn.com seems to be the best and easiest way to hook up with us. Or if you prefer Google Play, that seems to work too. LateNightCouncil.com. Stay with us.
Monday and Tuesday, it's news. Often some pretty good guests, too. Wednesday, it's Ask the Pastor. Thursday nights, we repeat the Ask the Pastor broadcast from the night before. And then Friday night, well, we fool around on Friday. We give stuff away. We have fun because that's what you're supposed to do on Friday. And if you miss any of the shows, well, that's what podcasts are for. 343 743390. That's 343 743390. That is the Eastern Ontario and Western Quebec line, the whole capital region. And 1 844 562 4766. That's long distance. 1 844 562 4766. Of course you can advertise on Late Night Council. In fact, the ad space is quickly getting claimed. Get in now while the rates are still low. Email me at jc at latenightcouncil.com for more details. Ask the Pastor. It's Wednesday night. It's what we do on Wednesday night. And this is getting replayed tomorrow night in this time slot. Tell your friends or download the podcast. It's your choice. And I, I don't want to tantalize you or tease you, but, oh, have we got great plans for Thursday night. All I will say is we're not going to be replaying Ask the Pastor on Thursday night for long. We got something way better coming. John, what could be better than Ask the Pastor? Oh, trust me. Three four three seven hundred forty three ninety. It's open line, open topic, as it usually is on Ask the Pastor. Three four three seven hundred forty three ninety. One eight four four five six two four seven six six. That's if you're calling from uh, Pocomoosh, New Brunswick, or Jotham Downs Store, Georgia, Pumpkin Center, Kansas, or Mormon Bar, California. One eight four four five six two. Four seven six six. I'm sharing a bit of an article that I found on uh, Christian Post. Of course, I tweeted it out. If you go to Late Night Council Facebook page, it's there as well. And uh, the title, if you're just joining us, No Scientific Basis for Children to Think They Are Transgender Born in the Wrong Body. A very uh, uh, respected group of American pediatricians called the American College of Pediatricians has stated, I was midstreaming the article when we took the break, and I want to get right back to it. Peter Sprigg, Senior Fellow for Policy Studies at the Family Research Council in Washington, said, essentially society is being forced to affirm a clear physical biological falsehood. I mean, there's no way mainstream media would cover this type of press release. Society is being forced to affirm a clear physical biological, biological falsehood. The idea that someone with healthy male sex organs and normal male chromosomes can become a female, and vice versa, 
We are being told that when there's a conflict between a person's objective biological reality and their subjective feelings, it is the body that needs to be fixed. This is utterly bizarre, and we should not be afraid to say so. Pretty soon if you say that in public in Canada, you're going to go to jail for two years. That's how insane this is becoming here. American College of Pediatricians report explains that behavior geneticists have known for years that although genes and hormones are known to influence behavior, they don't hardwire a person to think, feel, or behave in a particular way. People who identify as feeling like the opposite sex or somewhere in between or some other category do not compromise a third sex. They remain biological men or biological women, the report states. Gender dysphoria is a problem that resides in the mind, not the body. Children with GD do not have a disordered body, even though they feel as if they do. This is not me. This is the American College of Pediatricians talking here. Likewise, although many men with gender dysphoria express the belief that they are are a feminine essence trapped in a male body, this belief has no scientific basis. While many transgendered individuals turn to gender reassignment surgeries, the ACP report contends that changing one's sex is still impossible despite surgical advancements. From a purely scientific standpoint, human beings possess a biologically determined sex and innate sex differences, the report argues. No sexologist could actually change a person's genes through hormones and surgery. Sex change is objectively impossible. Now, there are activists that, you know, they just hate biological facts. And they want to make it illegal. They want to make it illegal to even declare biological facts. When being critical of their sexual doctrine that they're indoctrinating our children with here in Ontario. And if you criticize, you could face imprisonment. And you'll let them get away with this. Promoting scientific fact could get you thrown in jail soon, okay? You're going to let them get away with it. Do you see, and and I don't, you know, you people listen to Ask the Pastor a lot. I'm not the kind of guy that's looking for a demon under every stone, okay? I'm not one of those wild-eyed, like, exorcist types that even some, some members of the media are trying to paint me as. I hardly ever talk about it. But do you see the demonic in this? And I'm not trying to be sensational, but do you see the demonic in this? I do. I think it's blatantly demonic. And I think anybody that rolls their eyes and guffaws at that, they have no clue of the nature of, you know, how how the demonic works. Greatest weapon the devil has is that people don't believe in him, and he's worked very, very hard to promote that doctrine. And in Western culture, oh man, it's worked like clockwork. Suits his purposes perfectly. 343-700-4390. In the capital region, that's 343-700-4390. Maureen has emailed me. I can't help it, but it really gives new meaning to grow a pair. 
this twisted ideology will be a, a boon to the economy? SpongeBob will need a minister of twisted delusion. They're outright lying. As they say, one can change sex. It can't be done. They can mutilate all they want. The government will not accept scientific facts. Well, yeah, when it crosses their ideology, you know, and their agenda. And I think at the core of this is an agenda to destroy the nuclear family. And nobody's counted the cost, and nobody has even thought about the long-term consequences for destroying, destroying the traditional family. Three four three seven hundred forty three ninety. That's three four three seven hundred forty three ninety. One eight four four five six two four seven six six. Articles there. You can read it at your leisure. You can retweet it. Send the link around. If you don't want to talk about it tonight, I got all kinds of stuff to yak about, including another strange post that I got from Christian Post. Not everything's from Christian Post tonight, folks. I got something coming from the sun here tonight. I got something from Christianity today. It is Ask the Pastor, though. So I I, I really like to bring things. When I'm going to media sources on Wednesday night, I definitely, you know, find very, very little that you haven't already heard in mainstream media. There's no way I would ever go to a media source that isn't reliable and credible. And Christian Post has earned the... uh, um, has earned the reputation as being one of the most reliable uh, spiritual news websites in the world. Millions of hits per month now. Attracting some very, very high-profile and respected columnists as well. And uh, I'd like to throw this one out there and see if anybody's got a solution to this. Headline reads, Alaska Assembly Meeting begins with prayer to Lucifer. Hail Satan. Okay? City Council, you know, and you've heard the battles in the media about this. You know, there's people battling over, oh, we shouldn't have prayer in the public sector. You know, that's not separation of church and state. And that's a, I mean, people talk like that have got a total warped understanding of what separation of church and state is. I mean, the way, the way they believe, they don't think that anybody who's, you know, of a, uh, that is spiritually inclined should, have, inclined should have any influence over, you know, public policy. And that's not what separation of church and state is at all. Separation of church and state is the state will not promote one religion over the other. But that's exactly what's been happening in Western culture for the last 20, 30, 40 years, and it's happening at an accelerated pace right now. They are promoting the religion of atheism. Oh, well, atheism is not a religion. It is so, you know, stop being hypocritical. You know, it is just as much of a religion with its prophets and its holy books and its, you know, expected behavior and mantras and doctrine. It's a religion. And it gets around the, it, it gets preference because it's got too many people fooled into thinking it's not a religion. Of course it's a religion. We can't get away from the spiritual side of ourselves, even if we want to, you know, label that spiritual side nothing. And don't tell me it doesn't take faith to believe in atheism. Dear God, does it take faith. I mean, if you want to be a really devout atheist, you've got to believe that nothing plus nothing times blind chance plus billions of years equals everything. And I've heard them get cocky, you know, that, uh, like, I believe in, you know, a god that uh, 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 was tricked by a talking snake. Yeah, sure. Oh, yeah, really? Well, you believe nothing comes from nothing. 
and everything that's intricate and creative and unbelievably complicated just kind of happened by spilling a glass in the universe or an exploding firecracker. All the laws, all the known laws of science and physics are defied even to produce something as simple as an amoeba. Atheists got way more faith than any than all the Muslims, Hindus, Christians, Jews, Taoists, Mormons, and Scientologists put together. They got a ton of faith, loaded with faith. Now, I usually go digressing, don't I? Well, I'm going to get back to this article, and we come back from the important message here. Alaska Assembly meeting begins with prayer to Lucifer. Hail Satan. And it's, it's quite a... There's a lot of irony here, and and the the take I'm going to take on this is not what you expect I'm going to take. But I, I'd love to hear your solution to the conundrum these you know these city councils are in that have been wrestling with this because this isn't the only city council in North America that's had its sessions open up with a prayer to you know worshiping Satan. I mean the devil that nobody believes in. I mean is having a heyday. It's amazing. Tomorrow we get back. 343-700-4390. You want to get in on it. That's 343-700-4390. That's 1-844-562-4766. It's Ask the Pastor Late Night Council. Stay with us. Timo's 2000 Mobile Auto Cleaning comes right to your driveway and makes your vehicle look brand new again. Classic cars, bikes, boats, RVs, dump trucks, hot rods, tractors, transport trucks. We can even make your minivan look like the day you drove it off the lot. Did you spill too much coffee on your seat? Did Junior decide he couldn't wait till he got home? And yuck, maybe you're just long overdue for that meticulous cleaning. Maybe you want to sell the old beast. Smartest thing you can do is make it look brand new again. Timo's 2000, 613-327-8498, 613-327-8498, or go to timos2000.com. Who's that man makes shawarma taste like no one can? The garlic king. And he can do anything. Wears a crown, golden shoes, and a royal gown. The garlic king. So tasty. Man, this food is so good. Don't talk with your mouth full. I'm just talking about the king. And I can dig it. Discover why Really Lebanese is Ottawa's best shawarma. Really Lebanese, home of the garlic king. St. Joseph Boulevard beside Pizza Hut in Orleans. Garlic, I love it. 
Summertime is here, and it's time to cool off with your friends at Menchie's Frozen Yogurt. We feature 12 flavors of frozen yogurt daily, with a choice of over 55 delicious toppings to choose from. The combinations are endless. Chill out with our new fresh yogurt fruit smoothies, or be the hero at your next backyard barbecue or birthday celebration when you serve up our exquisite frozen yogurt cake to your family and friends. Visit us at 80 George Street in the Byword Market and 3091 Strandherd Drive in Barhaven. Menchie's Frozen Yogurt. We make you smile. Back 343 7433 sparking debate about whether the assembly should do away with its tradition of opening meetings with prayer. According to the Alaska Dispatch News, the Kenai Peninsula Borough Assembly meeting last Tuesday was opened up with a prayer for from a local resident, Iris Fontana, a member of the local Satanic Temple. Although Iris proclaimed Hail Satan at the end of her invocation, her invocation appeared to be mostly a call for people to turn against their religious beliefs and embrace agnosticism. <laughs> so what would you do if you were a resident of Kenai Peninsula in Alaska? How would you react to that? In July, last month, Hundreds of Christians and community members in Florida gathered to protest a satanic invocation that was delivered during a Pensacola City Council meeting. As David Sohar, the co-founder of the local satanic temple, gave his invocation, Christians in the meeting room began reciting the Lord's Prayer in an effort to drown out the satanic invocation. Pensacola City Council President Charles Baer threatened to have those praying aloud escorted from the building if they continued. While many left on their own, some had to be escorted out by security. So when did it become against the law to, you know, to hurt somebody's feelings? When did, when did we cross, you know, the line from assault and battery to my feelings are hurt, something should be done about this? When did that happen? I mean, here's my solution to, you know, these things going on here. And I'd love to know what yours would be. Why can't a community vote on this kind of thing? Because they left, you know, the decision up to their city councilors, and city councilors, they don't seem to be, you know, getting a lot of approval. 
Why can't there be a plebiscite on things like this locally? I know that in Canada they'd never let us do that because, you know, in Canada, we, you know, politicians don't represent what we want them to do. We elect people to think for us. That's the way Canadians vote. I have no mind, so I will elect a politician to think for me. Thank you very much. That's the way Canadians do it. But there was a time when democracy was much stronger when you elected an official to do what you want them to do. Because, you know, we're busy being carpenters and teachers and, you know, factory workers and farmers and uh, salespeople. And, you know, we don't have time to run the city, run the province, run the country. So, you know, we would make it known what we want our politicians to do, and they would do that. I don't think in a healthy democracy, you know, it was, you know, for them to think for us. We're supposed to do that. And it seems that the electorate in our, both of our countries, in the States and Canada, we're not thinking anymore. Hmm. But back to this question, you know, when did it become against the law to hurt somebody's feelings? Now, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, you know. I, well, I, no, I disagree. I, I got to take that back. Yes, there are some people that I want to, I want to hurt people's feelings who are evil. Now, I don't always know who is evil. But I get my understanding of good and evil from, you know, a proven authority that's that, that pretty much Western civilization is based on. Okay? And it's done pretty well. And when you put compassion and love and humility and generosity and genuine Christ-likeness as a priority... Okay. It makes your opinions on justice that more resonating. Okay. And for instance, Mother Teresa is probably one of the greatest examples in the 20th century of what Christ like this is. But Mother Teresa had some profound convictions. You know, that modern culture didn't want to hear. She was as anti-abortion as anybody, and she spoke out boldly against it. And Mother Teresa offended a lot of evil people. John, how do you know they're evil? Well, it's just my opinion, but I think anybody that thinks that, you know, a precious little boy or little girl isn't human just because you can't see it yet and it's inside its mother's womb, I think anybody that thinks that way, in my opinion, I think they are evil. Now, they may have come to it in a deluded way. They may have been lied to and deceived, but that doesn't lessen the diabolic nature of that belief, okay? But back to, when did it become law to hurt somebody's feelings? I mean, because if you're gay or transgendered or Muslim or Satanist or feminist or atheist, you can hurt anybody's feelings. You can, because you're part of a group that's that's, protected by political correctness. But if you're any other ism and you offend any of those groups, if you offend gays or transgenders or Muslims or Satanists or feminists or atheists, you know, certain groups that are protected by political correctness, if you offend them, you're getting fired. You're getting fined. Or you're getting jailed.
I mean, Trudeau's working on that. He'll get it. He'll get that legislation passed. Simply by hurting somebody's feelings, you can, you can get jailed. Now, I'm not talking about libel. I'm not talking about slander. I'm not talking about lying about somebody. I'm talking about saying something offensive that ticks somebody off. And I mean, for instance, hate speech laws in Canada. Oh my goodness, come on. I mean, I could give you example, 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 example after another of how Bible-believing Christians in Canada have been the victim of some of the most vicious, hateful attacks ever. Nobody hauls up those perpetrators because we're not part of the protected group. I mean, for all Trudeau's talk about human rights, yeah, it's not for all humans. It's just the humans that fit under, you know, his banner of political correctness. Some groups are a little more equal than others, you know? Remember I gave you the scripture at the beginning, kind of a theme for the night tonight? Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. And what masquerades as human rights in Canada is nothing but a... a, a, a a promotion of of a doctrine that wants to stamp out certain groups, that wants to promote other groups. There's no fairness. Our human rights tribunals, you, they don't even operate under the accepted parameters of, uh, of, uh, of law. You can't face your accusers. You're not guilty until proven, proven innocent. In fact, you're, you're guilty and, you know, they've got to prove you innocent. You're not innocent until proven guilty. I mean, that's established uh, principle of law. In the human rights courts, you're guilty. And you're being prepared to spend a lot of money to prove your innocence. Because they've already labeled you as guilty if you get hauled before one of those courts. But if you're the right kind of group, you're never going to get hauled before. You can bully all you want. You can push. You can force. You can misrepresent. Because you're part of a group that's protected. Three four three seven hundred forty three ninety is the capital region number. That's three four three seven hundred forty three ninety. What do you do about that? What do you do if you're a follower of Christ? You know, and and you know, he says, love your enemies, turn the other cheek, pray for those who despitefully use you. Somebody asks for your cloak, you give them your tunic as well. You know, give them the shirt off your back. How do you balance that with protecting innocent people? Where Jesus said, better for a millstone to be hung around your neck and thrown into the sea. Better that happen to you than cause one of these little ones that believes in me to sin. How do you balance that? How do you balance the, like, scriptures where it says, contend for the faith? You know? Stand firm in your belief. I mean, I would never promote violence in a, in a million years for any of the stuff that I believe in. That's not the way. I think Martin Luther King had his faults, but boy, he was one of the gutsiest leaders of the 20th century. He ordered his people, don't you dare engage in violence. Because that's not Christ-like. And yet, man, he had no problem confronting evil. He had no problem speaking out. I mean, John the Baptist called Herod to account and got his head cut off for it. And Jesus, Jesus said that he was the holiest man that ever lived. Interesting, huh? You got a take on that? I'd like to hear from you. 
I mean, I don't mind pontificating on this all night if you want me to, but 343-700-4390. The lines are open. That's 343-700-4390 in the Capital Region and one 844 is the long-distance line. we got to take a break. got to take a drink of water. Maybe I'll even take a biological break. That's a good scientific name for it. We've used that term biology a lot tonight. Right back after that. Stay with us. This is so much better than a news break. And most news breaks, all they have is bad news anyway. Well, you're going to hear some good news. Just stay right where you are. But you get a line while I'm catching my breath. 343-700-4390 in eastern Ontario, western Quebec, or 1-844-562-4766. That's 1-844-LNC-IS-ON. You can email me, jc at latenightcouncil.com. Keep it under six lines. And you can tweet at us at jwcouncil. Don't sweat it. I know you gave me those numbers pretty quick. I'm going to give them up before this break is over. Unfiltered, unfettered, uncensored. I have one program director now. God. I don't always follow through on my instructions, right? But he makes it pretty clear what he wants. What do you want? What do you like? What ticks you off? I want to hear from you. Listener feedback means a lot. Almost means as much as what the program director wants. And don't forget you can download all our shows for podcasts anytime. TuneIn.com seems to be the best and easiest way to hook up with us. Or if you prefer Google Play, that seems to work too. LateNightCouncil.com. Stay with us. Monday and Tuesday, it's news. Often some pretty good guests, too. Wednesday, it's Ask the Pastor. Thursday nights, we repeat the Ask the Pastor broadcast from the night before. And then Friday night, well, we fool around on Friday. We give stuff away. We have fun because that's what you're supposed to do on Friday. And if you miss any of the shows, well, that's what podcasts are for. 343-700-4390. That's 343-700-4390. That is the Eastern Ontario and Western Quebec line, the whole capital region. And one 562 That's long distance. one 562 Of 
course you can advertise on Late Night Council. In fact, the ad space is quickly getting claimed. Get in now while the rates are still low. Email me at jc at latenightcouncil.com for more details. listen to you can't we listen to the tunage god the music's so much better than you are i know i know i know i feel the same way and when i'm not totally up to snuff when i'm not you know like doing my best night after night after night it's good to know well at least the music's gonna be good three four three seven hundred forty three ninety it's ask the pastor on late night council whatever's on your mind give me a call three four three seven hundred forty three ninety one eight four four. Now, now remember, it's ask the pastor. Okay, so when I say it's open line, open topic, it's got that ask the pastor twist to it. One eight four four five six two four seven six six. I'm not going to give you a biblical perspective on Chief Charles Bordalo and you know uh, the, the, you know how valuable his leadership is in the Ottawa Police Force tonight. Yeah, you know, we don't do that on Wednesday night. Okay, pray for those in authority over you. Look at I just did it. I just contradicted myself. No matter whether you disagree or agree with the man, you know, the Bible says you're supposed to pray for him. So do it. It's a good thing. You can never lose. You can never, you can never lose when you're praying about stuff. Ever. How do you pray? Do your, do your prayers consist of, oh, God, make that putt go in. Please, please, please. God, please, please, please. You know? Is that, what the, is, that what the, is that the sum total of your prayers? Oh, God, please, please, just, you know, just give me this chance, God, please. Don't let her know, don't let her know, please, I promise, I, please, God, no, please. I pray for a pure heart. That's probably what I pray for more than anything. God, give me a pure heart. Because this John Council guy, he's, he's a pain in the neck. I tell people a lot, when I got saved, when I got saved, when Jesus Christ saved me from my sins, he saved me from John Council. Because even though Christ comes in and transforms your life, you know, that there's still this flesh side of you that can get you in trouble. And that's why we've got the New Testament. That's why the Bible tells us how to live. How do you cope with temptation? How do you cope with inconsistencies in your life? Now, amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like John Council. You know, I'm all about grace. But the problem is, too, you can, you can use grace as a license to sin, and that's not what God intended it to be. He hates sin. And I find that, and, and, and 
especially gays, okay? Gays have a real problem with Bible-believing Christians when we use the term love the sinner, hate the sin. You know, they think that's hypocritical. Hey, if you're gay and you're listening, you don't know how much I hate my own sin, okay? I hate my own sin way more than I could ever hate any anybody that's doing anything that's, you know, horrible. And sin's a disgusting thing. But when it's your own, you ought to hate it the most. And if you don't, then Christ probably doesn't live in you. That's a good measuring stick as to whether the risen Christ really has come in and taken residence. How much do you hate your own sin? Because if you're still cozying up to your own sin, if you're still if you're battling it, chances are he's not. You know, he's just some type of religious figure to you. You're kind of those people. You ask him, "Do you believe in God?" Yeah. Well, yeah, of course. Everybody believes in God. In fact, I'm convinced even atheists believe in God. But agreeing that there is a God and believing in God, that's not the same. The devil believes in God, okay? The devil believes in God more than anybody that's listening to me right now. In fact, the devil goes to church more than anybody that's listening to me right now. It's a good thing to hate sin. The Old Testament's filled with all sorts of admonitions. You want to fear God? Hate evil. Romans Romans teaches in Romans 16, you know, cling to what is good, shun what is evil. Thessalonians says shun the very appearance of evil. Don't even let people, don't even be around it. Run from it. Flee. It says flee from immorality. And it defines what immorality is. 343-700-4390. In the capital region, that's 343-700-4390. 1-844-562-4766. That's 1-844-562-4766. So now I'm kind of getting a little personal here, but I don't mind. You know, you get personal with me. And why shouldn't I get personal with you? In your struggle against sin, you know, that, that phrase is even in the New Testament. And, and look at, I spend a lot of my time with people who follow Christ. And they're all struggling with sin. And the one that says they're not, they're lying. And we get talking about prayer. How do you pray? The thing I pray the most is for uh, to be pure. I want to be pure. Because John Council causes me more trouble than anybody. Do you know that John Council causes me more trouble than Kathleen Wynne? I know it's hard for somebody to believe, but it's true. In fact, John Council causes me more trouble than Kathleen Wynne, SpongeBob Trudeau, Hillary Clinton... Yasser Nakfi, Bob Shirelli, and, and the rest of the pretenders, you know, that uh, are, are ruling uh, my province and my continent. John Council causes me way more problems than any of them. So I pray for a pure heart. And, and you know what else I pray? Because people that are, you know, struggling to be pure, and, and, and the fuel comes from Christ, by the way. I, I believe that, I mean, I follow Christ because I don't have a hope outside of him. I don't follow Christ because I've got it together. I follow Christ because I messed up. And please don't give in to the thought of, yeah, well, there, you just proved it right there. The only people that, you know, have religion and have God are people that are messed up. Well, Jesus said the fool, uh, the fool said in his heart there is no God, okay? And he called the rich man a fool for, you know, you know uh, uh, worrying about his wealth, about what he was going to do with it, and not thinking anything about his soul. But then again, you know, that, that's Jesus. He's far more authoritative than Donald Trump. Or, you know, the think tanks that are molding society today. 
I promote Christ, I follow Christ because he gives hope. He gives hope to losers like me. And the people who think they're winners, we're all losers. The, the Bible says that all have sinned. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The Bible says that there's none righteous. Nobody's got it together. Some just know how to pretend a little better. That's all. 343 I hope your prayers are not, you know, like rehearsed, you know. And I know there's some good written prayers, really good prayers, but can you imagine my communication with my wife and the only thing I say to her is things that I read off of Hallmark greeting cards? Come on. I have a relationship with her. And that's what God wants from us. That's, that's the whole purpose of Christ dying a torturous, bloody death so that we could have access to God. So we wouldn't have to go through a priest. In fact, I don't see even a nece- I don't even see the necessity for a priesthood in Christianity. Because Peter said that we are we are a race of priests. We have total access to Christ. We don't have to have a mediator. There's one mediator between God and man, and that's Christ. He's provided the way. Why well, would I want to confess to a you know a, a priest when I can confess my sins to Christ? Now, I know the word says confess your faults one to another, and you might be healed, but it says one to another, not a priest, because we're all priests. At least in the body of Christ, that's what the Bible says. Anyway, I'd love to hear your take on that or whatever else is on your mind. 343-700-4390. I didn't expect to get theological today. I didn't expect for this to turn into, you know, a Bible study or a retrospective, you know, experience sharing on, you know, what we pray, but... That's the way Ask the Pastor is. It evolves. It takes on a life of its own, even more so than the other nights. That's why I love doing it. I remember saying when I was on Bland Corporate Radio, man, I can't believe I get paid to do this. Well, you know what? I hardly get paid to do anything now, and I'm still doing it. Why? Why? Why am I still doing it? Because I have access to people because of broadcasting in seven, for 17 years in the capital region. People know the name of John Council. John, you sound like you're ego tripping. Yeah, but, you know, if I can get into people's lives, I can, if I can get in those high rises, if I can in some way communicate to them the hope and the power and the reality of what it means to have Christ living in your life, man, I'd pay for that opportunity. And right now I am paying for that opportunity. And that's, that's a good place to put your bucks. That's a good place to put your time. Hey, Jesus gave up everything for me. Okay? I don't think it's a bad thing if I'm, you know, in any way giving up anything. Everything for him. Man, I've got some heroes that, you know, gave up everything for him. And they loved unconditionally. Paid a horrible price. And the only thing that was motivating them was the knowledge that, you know, if I, can, if I can communicate the power of Christ in somebody's life, it's going to make a difference. It's going to make a difference. And I have seen the transformation that Christ can make in people's lives. And boy, I've never been high on crack or cocaine or any, I've never done dope in my life, but I can't imagine a high that's higher than seeing the transformation firsthand that, 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 that Christ can do in somebody's life. It is electric, man. It just, there, I don't have words to describe it. I mean, it's times like that when I'm thankful for, you know, and why don't we go down this road? Let's have some fun with this tonight if you want. That's why I'm thankful for a gift like speaking in tongues. 
Okay, John. Now you're getting weird on us. Yeah, well, I'm sorry, but I spoke in tongues today. I speak in tongues most days. Sounds weird. Sounds loony. It's in the Bible, though. St. Paul wrote more than wrote more than uh, uh, half the New Testament. And he's the guy that said, I'm glad that I speak in tongues more than you all in 1 Corinthians 14. I don't talk about it much, but boy, I'm very thankful for it because sometimes I can't put into words how wonderful it is to have, to have Christ in my life and to see the things that he does. It's open line, open topic. It's Ask the Pastor tonight. I got so much stuff I need to get to, but I keep digressing. And if you're mad at me and you want to call in and say, get with the program, John. Well, this is the program. You know, this is what the program's all about when it's doing well. And I, and I, I don't know. I could be wrong, but I think it's, I think it's going really well tonight. Really, really well. we got to pay some bills. That's the reality of it. Okay, we're going to do that right now. If you're on hold, I see you, Marine. Hang in there. We're going to get to you. If you're on hold, stay there. Getting on the air. Stay with us. Shawarma tastes like no one can. He's a garlic king. And he can do anything. Wears a crown, golden shoes, and a royal gown. The garlic king. So tasty. Man, this food is so good. Don't talk with your mouth full. I'm just talking about the king. And I can dig it. Discover why Really Lebanese is Ottawa's best shawarma. Really Lebanese, home of the garlic king. St. Joseph Boulevard beside Pizza Hut in Orleans. Garlic, I love it. Summertime is here, and it's time to cool off with your friends at Menchie's Frozen Yogurt. We feature 12 flavors of frozen yogurt daily, with a choice of over 55 delicious toppings to choose from. The combinations are endless. Chill out with our new fresh yogurt fruit smoothies, or be the hero at your next backyard barbecue or birthday celebration when you serve up our exquisite frozen yogurt cake to your family and friends. Visit us at 80 George Street in the Byword Market and 3091 Strandherd Drive in Barhaven. Menchie's Frozen Yogurt. We make you smile. Timo's 2000 Mobile Auto Cleaning. Comes right to your driveway and makes your vehicle look brand new again. Classic cars, bikes, boats, RVs, dump trucks, hot rods, tractors, transport trucks. We can even make your minivan look like the day you drove it off the lot. Did you spill too much coffee on your seat? Did Junior decide he couldn't wait till he got home? And yuck, maybe you're just long overdue for that meticulous cleaning. Maybe you want to sell the old beast. Smartest thing you can do is make it look brand new again. Timo's 2000, 613-327-8498, 613-327-8498, or go to timos2000.com.
John, where do you get these tunes? Well, email me. I'll let you know. Three four three seven hundred forty three nine. Not during the show, though. Okay, you know, let's let's keep focused on what we've been yakking about here tonight, or at least you know, a semblance of you know the theme of the program. It is Ask the Pastor. Welcome back. Three four three seven hundred forty three ninety in the Capital Region. That's three four three seven hundred forty three ninety. One eight four four five six two four seven six six. If you're calling from Beaver Dam, New Brunswick. If you're calling from Radium Springs, Georgia. If you're calling from French Lick, Indiana, or Inc., Missouri, 1-844-562-4766. As promised, calling all the way from uh, Toronto and probably wishing she was here in Ottawa. Well, she is. It's Marine. Hi, Marine. How are you? I'm good, John. How are you? I'm, you know, I was, I was good, but now that I've known, know you're on the air, I'm, I'm, I'm even better now, Marine. What's on your mind tonight? Uh, I wanted the biblical perspective on political correctness. The, the, because as I see political correctness, political correctness, in my opinion, is people willing to accept dishonesty and promoting it. Well, here's like, the biblical uh, perspective. Here's the biblical perspective on political correctness. I'm going to give it to you. You ask for me. Here it comes. Okay, comes from Romans one twenty one. Okay, here we come. Here we go. For although they knew God, they neither glorified Him as God nor gave thanks to Him. But their thinking became futile, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of a mortal God for images made to look like mortal human beings and birds and animals and reptiles. Therefore, God gave them over in the, in the sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies to one another. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshipped and served created things rather than the Creator. There's your biblical perspective on political correctness right there. Romans Very 1, Romans 1, 21 to 25. If you got a Bible, Marine, when you get off the line for me. I got one right here. When you, got, when you get off the line with me, right Romans 1, 20, 21 to 25, you make sure you underline that in your Bible. And even write down today's date when I gave you a biblical perspective on political correctness. Because that's the best one I know of. Perfect. Now, there's, there's a few others as well. Okay, and, you great. know, as we get talking, they may come up. But anyway. That's a good start. Okay, that's great. Thank you very much. Thanks, Thanks for your call. Lot. Thanks for your call, Marine. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever. Have had... a good night. Thank you, Marine. It's better because you called in. I don't know if I've ever had that question before. John, give me a biblical perspective on political correctness. So I'd say Romans one is a good place to start, and uh, another one that I'd I, I would say should be mentioned as well is. Uh, well, there's a number in First Timothy and Second Timothy. First Timothy four, the Spirit clearly says that in later times some will abandon the faith, and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Now, if you've been with me for the entire show, we talked about the demonic, didn't we? Okay, in molding little minds, you know, particularly in this whole transgender issue, enforcing it on our kids, and leaving them confused. And I made the statement earlier, I think that's demonic. Well, look what it says in 1 Timothy 4. The Spirit clearly says that in later times some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Such teachings come through hypocritical liars whose consciences have been seared as with a hot iron. Does that not perfectly describe people in, some people in political power? Oh, there's more. 
biblical perspective on political correctness. Again, Second Timothy three. Now, I should let you know the 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 uh, kind of the theme behind First and Second Timothy. Timothy was one of Paul's apprentices, Saint Paul's apprentices. This guy's a junior pastor. He's probably in his mid twenties. And Paul, the the letters of First Timothy and Second Timothy are Paul's letters to this you know junior pastor. Tell him, look at this is you know this is what you need to know. So here's another biblical perspective on political correctness. This is 2 Timothy 3. But mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control. Brutal. I mean, without self-control, think about that. I mean, without self-control, what the whole self-help movement is anti-self-control. It's give in to self. Oh, yourself is God. You got to really discover yourself. Got to self-actualize. It's the worship of self. Without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying its power. And then Paul says to Timothy, have nothing to do with these with such people. Now you got to balance that out, okay? Because Jesus is described as a friend of sinners. You know, if you cut off people that you know think that way, you may as well go live in a monastery and grow your own vegetables and live off the grid. That's not what Christ told us to do, okay? He told us to be you know to be lights in the darkness. He told us that we're the salt of the earth. You know, we're supposed to have an impact. We're supposed to love our enemies. So what's Paul driving at there? Have nothing to do with such people. Don't let these people be your, you know, your, your posse that you hang with. Don't be influenced by them. If these people don't get the light of Christ, they're doomed to, you know, to hell. And Christ is not willing that any should perish. But you've got to be able to let your light shine. You've got to love genuinely without, you know, being influenced and taking on the sin and the crap of the world. Have nothing to do with that stuff. Three four three seven hundred forty three ninety in Ottawa. Three four three seven hundred forty three ninety. One eight four four five six two four seven six six is the long distance line. That's one eight four four five six two four seven six six. I couldn't resist bringing this story to the show here. It's it's a little. I just think it's fun. Burkinis. Have you seen a burkini? It's Muslim-sanctioned female swimwear. Try to imagine a, I don't know, a kind of like a spandex wetsuit with a hijab. That's a burkini. Okay? Burkinis, and here's the headline, burkinis have been banned on the island of Corsica, which is ruled by the French. They banned burkinis. Now, if you've been to the south of France, okay, and not most, but a good portion of European beaches, they have no problem with, you know, women walking around topless, okay? Nude beaches are quite prevalent, way more prevalent than North America. And yet, Corsica has banned burkinis. Now, burkinis cover up everything. You got to read this to believe this, okay? 
A French island has banned the wearing of bikinis after a brawl broke out on the beach on the weekend that involved hatchets and harpoons. Can you believe this? Corsica is the third French city to ban the full-body swimsuit preferred by many women of North African descent. I mean, the paper's afraid to say the word Muslim. I mean, come on! Political correctness, it just drives me around the bend. The garment goes against the country's secular beliefs. Can you believe this? This is French here. This is France. Burkinis go against the country's secular beliefs, officials have said, and only furthers tension between French citizens who practice Islam and those who do not. This is crazy. Why shouldn't Muslim women be allowed to dress modestly on a beach? Because You know why? Because that's not the problem. The problem is not burkinis. And when we get back from the intermission, I'm going to tell you what the problem is. Maybe you heard about this. You were reading about the banning of burkinis. I personally think it's insane to ban burkinis. I think they ought to be able to wear whatever they want in a free and open society. Oh, the French, oh, they think they're so open. Oh, come on. But this is not the real problem, okay? And I will tell you what the real problem is because, boy, I, you know, I've been commissioned by my program director to have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness but rather expose them as commissioned to me by Ephesians 5 and 10. You can look it up yourself. Or do something else productive and helpful while we're doing this intermission interlude. Actually, it's Ephesians 5 and 11. I missed it by one verse. And we'll be right back after this break. Stay with us. Oh, this is so much better than a news break. And most news breaks, all they have is bad news anyway. Well, you're going to hear some good news. Just stay right where you are. But you get a line while I'm catching my breath. 343-700-4390 in eastern Ontario, western Quebec, or 1-844-562-4766. That's 1-844-LNC-IS-ON. You can email me, jc at latenightcouncil.com. Keep it under six lines. And you can tweet at us at jwcouncil. Don't sweat it. I know I gave you those numbers pretty quick. I'm going to give them up before this break is over. Unfiltered, unfettered, uncensored. I have one program director now. God. I don't always follow through on my instructions, right? But he makes it pretty clear what he wants. What do you want? What do you like? What ticks you off? I want to hear from you. Listener feedback means a lot. Almost means as much as what the program director wants. And don't forget you can download all our shows for podcast anytime. TuneIn.com seems to be the best and easiest way to hook up with us. Or if you prefer Google Play, that seems to work too. LateNightCouncil.com. Stay with us.
Monday and Tuesday, it's news. Often some pretty good guests, too. Wednesday, it's Ask the Pastor. Thursday nights, we repeat the Ask the Pastor broadcast from the night before. And then Friday night, well, we fool around on Friday. We give stuff away. We have fun because that's what you're supposed to do on Friday. And if you miss any of the shows, well, that's what podcasts are for. 343 743390. That's 343 743390. That is the Eastern Ontario and Western Quebec line, the whole capital region. And 1 844 562 4766. That's long distance. 1 844 562 Of course you can advertise on Late Night Council. In fact, the ad space is quickly getting claimed. Get in now while the rates are still low. Email me at jc at latenightcouncil.com for more details. Back three four three seven hundred forty three ninety. That's three four three seven hundred forty three ninety. One eight four four five six two four seven six six. Burkini's banned on French on the French island of Corsica. I think the authorities are wrong here. I think they're being stupid. I think that banning burkinis is a front to liberty. That women ought to be able to whatever wear to wear whatever they want, swimming. But that's not the problem here, okay? The garment goes against the country's secular beliefs, officials have said, and only further tensions, only furthers tension between French citizens and who practice Islam and those who do not, okay? But that's not the problem. Here's the problem. I'm continuing with the article. Local press reported the fight broke out after a group of teens and their families took photos of several women swimming in burkinis. A group of men reportedly took exception to the gawkers and rocks and bottles were thrown. So there's your problem right there. Their Muslim boyfriends, acting like 7th century bullies, started a fight. governed by their Neanderthal sensibilities and thinking that, you know, they had a, re- a religious responsibility to respond with violence, there's your problem right there. And the French are too wimpy to go right to where the problem is and, in- and prosecute and incarcerate the perpetrators here. Instead, they take the wimpy way out. Oh, no more burkinis. That's just going to make people more upset. How stupid can you be? Here's the solution. Let them wear whatever they want. Gawking at swimwear that doesn't fit in with the culture is not illegal. Never has been. 
I mean, try to imagine, you know, try to imagine secular Europeans, you know, people gawking and taking pictures of their nude girlfriends, trying to imagine a gang of them, you know, starting a fight over it. And look at, you know, I don't think it's right. This is my opinion. I don't think it's right to be, for people to, to, you know, to be wandering around nude, okay? But that's accepted in France. How can you accept that and ban a burkini? How warped is that? You don't ban the burkini. You prosecute the people that are throwing rocks and harpoons and clubs. Man, I, I see more of Romans 1 in the world today. Professing to be wise, they became fools, and God turned them over to depraved minds. Fight breaks out. A bunch of Neanderthal thugs are assaulting people, and your solution is banning a full-bodied bathing suit? Are you nuts? Gawking at swimwear doesn't... doesn't that doesn't fit in with the culture, that's not illegal. Beating somebody up for doing it or assaulting them with a rock, that's illegal. Prosecute, incarcerate. Corsica's afraid to do the right thing. Punish the real wrongdoing. And the problem's not going to go away. Not at all. In fact, it's going to get worse. My goodness, you know... People talk about how goofy the American election is, okay? And there is no shortage of, oh, you know, the bull in the china shop, Donald Trump, okay? Sticks his foot in his mouth and, and says the most outrageous things crazy. And, and, and Hillary Clinton is, you know, a total snake in the grass. She would, you, you couldn't trust her as far as you could throw her. Well, I'm coming to think that even the states, even if one of them as their president, you know, it's not as bad as what's going on in Europe. I mean, what a bunch of Looney Tunes running those countries. I think Trump looks like a genius compared to some of the people that are in leadership in Europe. But I digress. I'm kind of deviating from the, you know, the Ask the Pastor theme here. Although the theme of the night, I announced it, okay? Satan masquerades as an angel of light. You shouldn't be surprised that his servants masquerade as angels of light. Ephesians 5.11, here's about the fourth or fifth time I've quoted it tonight have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. And if I'm not doing it right, well, that's why I keep giving out the phone numbers. Man, I make myself accountable. You've got more opportunity to set the record straight if you think it's crooked. 343-700-4390. That's 343-700-4390. And 1-844-562-4766. JC at LateNightCouncil.com is the email address. That's JC at LateNightCouncil.com. This is from Francis. John, the way things are going with everything in life, I'm grateful that I have a place to live, yet I'm, I'm unemployed. I go to church. I do believe in Jesus Christ, yet I'm reminded of my own shortcomings. The grass is green, yet I always look over someone else's fence. So this is my question. Why do I seem to lose hope, and yet I believe? Well, Francis, I can't answer that as well as I'd like to, because that's a real deeply personal thing you're going through. The first thing I would question is, you say you're going to church, but how involved are you? Are you connected to people at the church? And what kind of church do you go to? Because there's really some churches that, you know, I would just as soon have them shut down. They're a waste of real estate. 
You know, they go through the motions, and I think they're perfectly described in that, you know, uh, scripture I quoted earlier that I was quoting as a biblical perspective on political correctness, where it says in Second Timothy in the last days, you know, there's going to be people that, you know, have a, have a semblance of, of uh, uh, godliness, but they deny its power. And Paul says, have nothing to do with people like that. And unfortunately, there are churches that fit that description perfectly, okay? Having a form of godliness, but denying its power. That's 2 Timothy 3, verse 5. But I don't know what type of church you go to. For all I know, you may go to my church. And if you do, you know, I would sit down and talk to you. Because you could be even you could be going to a church and yet isolated and not involved and not connected, you know, and 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 you know not have any friends. That's so necessary. There's a scripture that says the devil prowls around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Now think about that. How do lions hunt? Well, lions, you know, it's usually the female lions that go out and they hunt, and they they kind of they kind of scope the zebra uh, 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 pack and the wildebeest, and and they look for the they look for the zebras and the wildebeest that are kind of away from the pack, maybe the wounded and the lame, maybe the young ones, the ones that kind of wander off on their own. They get isolated. That's where the lions attack. And the devil always attacks. That's why Jesus. That's why Hebrews says, "Don't neglect meeting together." As some are in the habit of doing, you know. In fact, in 1 Corinthians 11, Paul says to the church, you know, you need to recognize when you come together, you're not just a group of people that believe the same stuff. You're the body of Christ. And if you don't recognize that body, you're going to bring judgment on yourself. That's not just the average Joe you're sharing a pew space with. Or in that time, you know, you're sharing space under a tree. That's literally the body of Christ, because Jesus said, when you've done it on the least of these, you've done it unto me. So I can't emphasize how valuable it is to connect, I mean really connect, to the point where that, you know, it becomes even the bonds in a church. Uh, I, I've heard it said, you know, you've heard the line, blood is thicker than water. Well, Christ's blood is even thicker than family blood. And the bonds that take place spiritually end up becoming even stronger and tighter than even family bonds. So that could be the issue there. I don't know. But something that serious and that personal, Francis, I mean, I invite you to give me a call at the church, you know. Remind me of this conversation on Ask the Pastor. We can have a good talk, and I can ask you some much more personal questions about where you're at than you'd be comfortable, like, you know, sharing with on, on air like this, okay? 740-0607. Have you got that number? I don't mind giving it out. I get calls all the time. People that never come to my church, but I guess they don't know what a real, you know, uh, what a real biblical, alive, fun, productive church is all about. In fact, you, you, you ask somebody where they go to church, and sometimes they're going to get their defenses up, and usually for good reason. I mean, there's so many people that have been abused by church leaders. There's so many people that have had anything but Christ-likeness displayed in the name of God or in the name of religion that all you've got to do is mention the word, and they run. So if you're gonna, if, if I'm gonna say anything about you know the uh, uh, you know the positive side of what it means to be a part of a, a loving family church fellowship, I mean you got to disarm those stereotypes first, and the only way you could do that is with relationships. People got to know, okay, you're not weird, and you don't you're not a lizard person. You know, what I mean, you're not transformed into some type of octopus type creature when you know as soon as you walk into the church. So seven four zero zero six zero seven. You'll probably get the secretary, but it's got, you know, it gives a, in fact, I think my voice is on the church. It tells you what extension I'm at. I think I'm 232. Yeah, 232. 7400607, 232. That's where I take all my off-air calls. 
And I get a lot of them. And I don't mind at all. We're there to help. I think maybe our church should have steal Home Depot's, you know, theme. You can do it. We can help. <laughs> Isn't that great? That's perfect for a church, man. You can do it. We can help. 343-700-4390. That's 343-700-4390. 1-844-562-4766 is long distance. That's 1-844-562-4766. Hear this tune that's playing here? About... There's, this tune has got some significance here, okay? About 15 or 16 years ago, when we were looking for a theme, an opening theme to Late Night Council, we were using this for about, oh, four to six months. Hey, if you can guess who the band is, call in. I don't have a prize for you, but it'll just prove to the world that you're incredibly smart. 343-700-4390. Stay with us. Shawarma tastes like no one can. Garlic King. And he can do anything. Wears a crown, golden shoes, and a royal gown. The Garlic King. So tasty. Man, this food is so good. Don't talk with your mouth full. I'm just talking about the king. And I can dig it. Discover why Really Lebanese is Ottawa's best shawarma. Really Lebanese, home of the Garlic King. St. Joseph Boulevard beside Pizza Hut in Orleans. Garlic, I love it. For 17 years, I've been taking my cars to Irwin's Automotion. 17 years ago, Irwin was renting space on the corner of Bank and Heron. His encyclopedic knowledge of all things mechanical and his no-bull honesty has resulted in his second move. He now operates a huge facility on Cleopatra, eight bays and an expert staff that operate all in the same wavelength. Honesty, integrity, try to save the customers some money and headaches, but fix it right the first time. Irwin's Automotion, 34, Cleopatra. Tell them Council sent you. That'll make them smile. Summertime is here. It's time to cool off with your friends at Menchie's Frozen Yogurt. We feature 12 flavors of frozen yogurt daily with a choice of over 55 delicious toppings to choose from. The combinations are endless. Chill out with our new fresh yogurt fruit smoothies or be the hero at your next backyard barbecue or birthday celebration when you serve up our exquisite frozen yogurt cake to your family and friends. Visit us at 80 George Street in the Byword Market and 3091 Strandherd Drive in Barhaven. Menchie's Frozen Yogurt. We make you smile. me away now listen to that tune are you ready for a miracle now you're listening to that and you're thinking man that's that's one heck of a fantastic black gospel singer right okay do you know who that is okay that's the same voice i can't remember what her first name is okay but she was the lead singer for i think the band with the group was called lady marmalade okay 
That's the same girl that sang Voulez-vous coucher avec moi ce soir. Remember that big disco hit in the 70s? It's the same voice. Oh, John, how could you have... Hey, it's undeniable. She can sing black gospel. She's terrific. And that tune I just played is like, oh, that's that only came out in the last 10 years. Maybe she's had a change of heart. She's a big singer. I, you know, her name is slipping my mind right now. More evidence that I'm really getting old fast. It'll come to me before the end of the program, hopefully. Are you ready for Call Screener's Corner? I think that's what we're going to call it when when Mike comes on the air, okay? Mike uh, Mike is our call screener, okay? And, uh, you know, for uh, a little while, you know, we always referred to him as Mike when he called in. But, you know, the guy has got such terrific takes, and I just love his contributions, that a couple of nights ago we let the cat out of the bag and say, no, he's not just a caller, he's the call screener. And uh, I think we're going to call his little pieces Call Screener's Corner. I don't know. But before he does, he just sent me an email that's really good. And, Mike, I know you can hear me, and I'm going to bring you on in a second, but i got to read his email because he's got a great comment on political correctness. Marine called in and wanted a biblical definition or biblical perspective on political correctness. I think Mike's take is perfect. Listen to this. Think about that term, political correctness. It suggests a language or choice of words that is approved by the state or collective, i.e. man, as opposed to God. It is a form of censorship. For some men to silence the voices of other men that don't align with whatever the dominant group of men deem to be good. It is a form of control. God does not force us. Do-gooders, also known as worldly men, prefer to choose that route. As always, Mike, excellent take. And here he is, folks. Maybe we should have some theme music, Mike. I don't know. You and I should work on this. It's time for Call Screener's Corner. I should have a tune ready for you, Mike, when you come in. That's a good idea, don't you think? Uh, whatever. We got. <laughs> I, I'm gonna find. I'm gonna look for Mike. In fact, I'm writing myself a note right now. I'm gonna look for a call screeners corner theme, so that when you call in, I can play a little music before you come in, and then we can have at her. Now, Mike, before I cut you loose, okay? Mm-hmm. There's been some discussion the last couple shows. The term Fabian socialism, okay, has t- uh, come up. And, uh, you know, I joked a couple nights ago, I, the only Fabian I knew was a teen idol that was competing with Frankie Avalon and Annette Funicello and, you know, like uh, uh, Ricky Nelson back in the late 50s and early 60s. That's the only Fabian I know. So, Mike, I know it's asked the pastor, but the demand is there. Educate us on what Fabian socialism is, Mike, because I'm sure that there I can put a spiritual perspective on it somehow. Go ahead. Well, I think they can put a very unspiritual perspective on it because they are about as antithetical to anything Judeo-Christian as you can get. Um, so I think it's a perfectly appropriate night to bring it up, and I, I did hear Mary's uh, comments the other night. Um, the Fabian Social, the Fabian Society uh, started in the 1880s in Britain about the same time as the progressive movement began in the United States uh, with people like Woodrow Wilson and stuff. Um, the Fabian Society, some of the more notable uh, people that were parts of the uh, Fabian Society were H.G. Wells, people have heard of him, uh, and also George Bernard Shaw, the playwright. We, in fact, here, here in uh, Ontario have the Shaw Festival. That is celebrating this guy. Niagara on the Lake. Gem. My dad, Mike, yep. you don't know this. I've never told you this. But my dad is buried about a mile and a half away from the Shaw Festival where it's held. 
Well, when I tell you some of the stuff this guy says, uh, he's going to send chills through you. Go for it. Um, the Fabian Society, um, basically, they're, they're very much this similar ideology as the progressives. They, they share uh, a statist view of the world as Marxists and Nazis or National Socialists have. But the National Socialists and the Communists, they wanted to knock it all down and build their new society right away, very quick. And Fabians and progressives shared a different view. They thought that if you try to do it too quick, it's sort of like boiling the frog, dropping a frog in a boiling water, he's going to jump out. But if you turn the water up slow enough, he won't jump out. You'll just transform the society and you'll have a more lasting uh, change in, in their new world order, if you will. And uh, the term Fabian was taken from a, a Roman uh, general, I think it was about 3rd century B.C., named Fabius Maximus, and his big claim to fame, he would beat uh, superior forces by attrition, so to speak, or uh, like death by a thousand cuts. He would, he would pester them with minor attacks over and over and over and over and endlessly. And some even say this is sort of the beginning of guerrilla warfare. Um, so he would wear down his opponent until finally they would just get so fed up with it that they would cede the territory to him. And so the, the Fabian Society chose the name Fabian in, after this guy. One of, their, uh, one of their initial, well, their doctrine is the doctrine of inevitability of gradualism. Um, again, the progressives, their, their ideology is very similar. Uh, there was a lot of uh, friendliness back and forth. I believe Margaret Sanger, I don't remember if she was dating one of the Fabians or not, I don't know, but there was a lot of... Margaret Sanger remind people the founder of Planned Parenthood, which is originally you know, a, a eugenics program to better the human race by, all, by, by filtering out you know, uh, non-desirables. They were all into eugenics, and, and especially... Uh, now, George Bernard Shaw, Owen, also the London School of Economics, that was founded by... At the Fabian School, it was founded by Fabians, uh, Sidney and Beatrice Webb, I believe, along with uh, George Bernard Shaw, but uh, I believe the Webbs were the key force behind the school, and it's the school that a lot of people, a lot of the big progressive socialist Marxists, they all want to go to that school. Trudeau Sr. did go there for at least a year, I believe. Um, now, there's a stained glass window. You can find it on the Internet. Uh, there's Tony Blair, who's a member of the Labour Party. The Labour Party is a derivative of the Fabian Society. But just like in America and Canada, the progressive movement has infiltrated all the parties, and so too has the Fabian ideology. So, again, Fabian and progressive, the kind of interchangeable terms, really. Um, but uh, Progressive more the American version and Fabian the more British version? Yeah. Correct. Okay. Now, uh so the stained glass window, uh, they like to pose with this thing. I don't know. Supposedly it was designed by George Bernard Shaw. It's, it's a really evil-looking thing. One of their co on their coat of arms is a wolf in sheep's clothing. They chose the symbol. Nobody oh gave it to them. They wanted that symbol, a wolf in sheep's clothing. They've got a picture of uh, the world being heated up to its, like, burning red, and it's on a big anvil, and there's two guys bashing it with hammers. And the, the slogan above it is uh, from a poem says, "Near to thy, mold it near to thy heart's desire." Um, so these guys are quite an interesting group. They definitely want to remake society in their own image. Well, this they seem they seem to be the they seem to be the embodiment of a term that we hear often: social engineering. Well, yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Um, that's exactly what they intend to do, but they intend to do it more slowly, more carefully, more methodically, so that it would truly take root. 
And I would say they've been far more effective than some of the other groups. Absolutely. And they are also heavily influenced in the uh, the um, UN and the European uh, Parliament. Check out the European Parliament. Is The building is literally designed to look like a famous painting of the Tower of Babel. Mm-hmm. And there are the posters promoting it. Uh, they have the brick-like people even. Uh, they have, uh, says, uh, many voice or many tongues, one voice or something like that was the slogan. So, I mean, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of, in, like, you can see how they play against the Bible, but they want to go in a very opposite direction. Now, George Bernard Shaw, this is quotes you can find from him. Uh, you can, you can see, hear him say these words himself. Uh, he said that, you know, he, he at one point he says, um, I'm a kind guy, but uh, there's a few people I'd like to kill. Um, he believed, that, surely you know some people like that that are more trouble than they're worth, he says. People should be compelled to come before a board, and you just put them there and you say, sir or madam, would you be kind enough to justify your existence? For if you're not pulling your weight in the social boat, if you're not producing as much as you consume or perhaps a little bit more, then clearly we cannot be expected to use the great organization of our society for the purposes of keeping you alive. Your life does not benefit us, and and it can't be of very much use to you. That's, That's George Bernard Shaw. You can look it up. That's word for word. Wow. He's also he's also. I mean, that would be that would that would that would fit perfectly coming from the lips of Adolf Hitler or or Stalin or Lenin or or anybody that's been a despot that's uh, you know killed people just because he wanted to. I believe it was in the twenties. He he fantasized and opined he wanted somebody to invent a, a, a deadly gas, a gentlemanly gas that he called it, that would be deadly but humane to wipe out those that are undesirable in society. They're all eugenists. They all believe in getting rid of the useless eaters. Um, he also fantasized about marching people to these gas chambers in the, in, uh, by playing classical music in the background. This is well before Hitler and the horrors of Nazi Germany. And we've got an entire festival in Niagara-on-the-Lake, yes. Ontario, to commemorate this pervert whack job. And a few weeks ago, I actually read something that had been written several years ago, and he was taken on Glenn Beck and others who had been bringing to light George Bernard Shaw and the Fabians. And uh, he was saying that, well, yeah, sure, he said those things, but, I mean, I, he kind of played it off as, well, this wasn't serious. It was kind of a joke. <laughs> That's hilarious. I bet there's a lot of Jews yeah. that are real knee slapper, right? Yeah, Don, I mean, Donald Trump makes a joke about the Second Amendment people being able to do something about who Hillary Clinton appoints, and they pile all over him, and yet George Bernard Shaw makes a joke about people marching to the gas chambers with uh, classical music playing in the background as some positive thing, and they build a festival to them here in you know Canada. Well, I mean, we wanted to, uh, even under Harper, we were going to build a, a monument to Bethune, and thankfully uh, Ezra Levant blew the whistle on that, but uh, who Bethune was. He was a Maoist. But, uh, I mean, the Fabians are about as evil as you can get. Uh, they totally believed in eugenics. Their big beef with the Nazis, I mean, first they were all in favor of what the Nazis were doing, and then they, their big beef was that they killed, they got it all wrong, they killed the wrong people. They were killing useful people by, by uh, uh, religion and race rather than just the people that you have to support and you can't, uh, can't pull their own weight. But uh, they have very utopic ideas, and, and I'll tell you, when you well, really that's dig not utopic. Those, man, that's not, sick that, and evil. That's not utopic, that's dystopic.
Anyway, another edition of Call Screener's Corner here on Ask the Pastor. More to come. We're repeating the broadcast tomorrow night on Thursday. And then Freebie Fridays. You know what I think I'm going to do for Freebie Fridays? I've got an inkling to, I don't know, maybe. I don't know if I haven't decided yet, but I just might play the worst tunes of all time. You know, we'll go. We'll, we'll, maybe we'll go for the most annoying show we can do on Friday night. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Hey, if you got a suggestion, email me. Have a decent evening. Good night.